It's time for the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast, answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on BallQuest. Good Thursday, everyone. Welcome to the BallQuest.com Mailbag Podcast, presented by our friends at Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store, focusing on a natural products, organic remedies to a variety of ailments that is uh, Smoky Mountain Organics. You can check them out online at SmokyMountainOrganics.com or you can visit them at one of their four locations, three in Sevier County, one in Knoxville right across from Trader Joe's uh, on Kingston Pike. We uh, thank them for their continued support of the VolQuest.com podcast. And this is the mailbag edition. Plenty to get to on this Thursday as um, recruiting is starting to get back going a little bit with visits and um, all of those things, basketball's underway, obviously, with the SEC play. We'll talk about all that. Uh, but we'll start with plenty of recruiting stuff, and we'll start with a little football stuff here. So uh, first question out of the gate from General Obvious, how much do you expect the defense to improve next season, and what will be the biggest factor in whether or not it takes a significant step forward? Um, I want everybody's opinion on this. Rob, I, would, I will phrase it this way, bigger importance, the ability to get to the quarterback more, are the ability to defend in the secondary more for you and stepping up? I mean, I think it's six and one, half dozen of the other. Because, I mean, I think we'd all agree the best way to help the secondary is with a strong pass rush. And the best way to mask a weak pass rush is a strong secondary. And I don't think Tennessee has either, you know, right now. I mean, Byron Young, I think we would all agree is a really good player. But, you know, is he somebody that you can count on to be, you know, an, an all-conference caliber edge guy, but I, I don't know that anybody could say that right now. And, man, I mean, when I look at the secondary when it's coming back, I, I see a bottom half of the SEC in personnel to, to be kind. AP, who are you taking? What are you taking? Oh, I, 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 would, I would go with Tennessee needs to be able to get to the quarterback more. I, I, just, I think that cures a lot of ills. Um, and I feel like there's at least potential talent there on this roster. Whereas, you know, where, where do you feel like Tennessee's can, you know, really get a full grasp in the secondary? I mean, like they can be better. It's a relative term, but like, you know, if, if Tyler Barron bulks up, plays that strong side defensive end spot, Byron Young continues to come on. If you can get James Pierce eligible and, 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 and Joshua Joseph's, and, and one of those two can give you a little. I'm, you can't expect them to give you too much as a freshman, but if they can give you a little, you know, next year, um, where does Roman Harrison grow? You know, I, for me, I, I, I just feel like Tennessee's closer to being more complete on the D-line than they are in the secondary. Yeah, I mean, in, in specifics with, with Pierce and Josephs, I mean, if you could just – if you had the ability just to allow them to focus on rushing the quarterback – from the time they arrive till you start playing the – like, okay, you're going to be the third down pass rush specialist. How much would that help? I mean, Rob, I, I mean, Dallas Turner for Alabama 15 is going to be a really good football player for Alabama. He had an impact in the national championship game playing a handful of snaps because he can rush the quarterback. I mean, I'm not saying either one of those these guys are that guy, but if you can – you can you can improve your defense if you get spot play off the edge with somebody who can get to the quarterback as opposed to trying to find a full-time new corner or full-time new safety. Yeah, but I just I mean I, I mean I think both those guys are really good prospects and I really like Pierce down the road, but I'm just not counting on any freshman 
to come in. I mean, I mean, seriously, I mean, I know what you're saying. They're like small package, third down, obvious passing situations, but really, I mean, you've been doing this longer than I have, but what, how many freshmen have come in and made an impact on defense? Derek Barnett, Eric Berry. Yeah. I mean, not a ton, I mean, but, but I think, I think Gerard it, Mayo didn't, he, Gerard Mayo didn't play, did he? No, he didn't play early on. I mean, I, I just wonder if you, if you have a better chance of getting some snaps with a specific package out of those guys, as opposed to saying, Hey, this defense, this newcomer defensive back, is going to take over. Yeah, it's going to play 50, 60 snaps. I, I, I think that is very logical. You know, for sure. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, they've clearly got to get better at both spots if Tennessee's going to take a step forward um, on the defensive side of the ball. That's for sure. Uh, Alval Recruiting wants to know, Austin, can you give an update on Grayson Howard, Dylan Gooden, and Rico Walker? Um, you know, Rico Walker is someone Tennessee likes a lot. Interesting story. Is uh, Story time with Harder. AP. Here we go. Rodney Garner recruited Rico's dad many, 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 many moons ago to Auburn. Uh, he started Auburn, ended up going somewhere else. Um, but uh, he's known that family for a long time. Um, Dylan Gooden, Tennessee's swinging there. And who was the first one? Um, Grayson Howard. Grayson Howard. Uh, you know, I, I mean, again, Tennessee's, you know, you know recruiting him. You know, we'll, we'll see. Okay, Sam Smith, twenty-two thirty-three. What's the game plan to contain Oscar on Saturday? I'm not trying to do the last name there. <laughs> Shwebe. Uh, okay, what's the game plan for Shwebe there, Rob Lewis? I throw some bodies at it, man. I I, I think the up at the over under on twenty rebounds for Shwebe. I mean, I think that's a bad bad matchup for Tennessee. For I mean, he'll overpower Fulgerson. He's bigger than um, Cam Wah. I mean, he has he has the potential to get Tennessee in a lot of foul trouble because Olivier. You know, historically, Olivia has really struggled with foul trouble and had not really run into it this year until last night when he played 10 minutes. Uh, I mean, I, I don't I don't think this deal will be able to keep him off the glass. I mean, I, the, the, you know, the, the game plan will be to make sure you find him and stick a body on him every time, but that's everybody's game plan in the SEC, and he's averaging 16 rebounds a game. Well, and I, so think, that's, I think that's the thing that steps out to me, Rob, is that, 16 rebounds means you're more than just a big guy with long arms. I mean, you, you have, you have a skill set to be able to track the ball, understand angles, where it's coming from. You're not just a big guy pushing everybody down to go get the ball. If you're no. averaging 16 a game. For sure. And, and like I said, I mean, everybody in the sec goes into the Kentucky game with a, with a plan and nobody, in the SEC, and, and nobody's playing has worked yet. I don't expect Tennessee's plan to, be that effective on Saturday. They're going to have to play really well. Um, Austin, if Jawan Mitchell comes back, does Tennessee still take a linebacker out of the portal? And how close are uh, Alex Golish and Matt Campbell in the event that Michigan opens up? Um, yes, they do. And, I mean, Golish and Matt Campbell are, you know, they're pretty decently tight. You know, we'll see. I mean – I think Golish would have much more interest in being the head coach at Iowa State Iowa than State. would be being the OC at, at Michigan. Um, I'm, I'm not saying he wouldn't have interest in that, but, I mean, I think Golish would go hard after the head coaching job at Iowa State versus following Matt Campbell to Michigan. Agreed. Um, speaking of portal, uh, Tennessee's Addison Kobe. Uh, Anderson Kobe's just entered the portal um, on, on Wednesday. He goes into the portal, so that helps Tennessee with some room there. Um, we'll see how – 
how well Tennessee can close in the portal. We got plenty more portal questions to come up. Austin, not a shot. Kobe's going in the portal. Just I don't think he fits into what they want to do receiver wise. That was that, that, that was a Tennessee grasp at straws type deal well, at, at the that, end when they took him. Not, yeah, not that, was, staff, that was the previous, previous staff. staff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they took him right. At the end, and um, right before the, there was a, a coaching change, and um, or you know, it was in between when there was a coaching change and when there was a new coach. Um, you know, but you're right. He he seemed like he had a better spring last year than he did fall, and then when he got buried fall, he was never to be heard from again. Yeah. Is, is that the is that the end of the Kevin Steele era officially? No, still writing him a check, right? No, that's true. So I don't think I don't think it's gone until the checks stop coming in, and uh, I think there's still a few more of those to write before. At this rate, who has more players on next year's roster, Butch Jones or Jeremy Pruitt? Does Butch have anybody? Who's but who's Butch got? He's got Solon Page and Latrell Bumfus. Butch Butch been gone five years. He still got guys on the roster. (laughs) I saw somebody was in the transfer portal this week who was going to have his seventh year of eligibility. Dude, what about Hunter Johnson going in the portal on Wednesday? I mean, like, geez. I mean, wow. Yeah, I mean, how long has that guy been playing football? Um, all right, Shelby R14 wants to know, will BHH or uh, Adu think about transferring? If Rick retired today, who would want them, Who would you want them to go after for the head coaching job? Also, are we going to go after any of the Alabama-Auburn transfers? The last question being a football question. Uh, Rob, obviously, the, the discussion about, about Brandon is out there every day. Uh, what do you think that those two freshmen are at this point from a mental standpoint? I mean, if any I, I, people on the board are, are clamoring for those kids to play all the time, and I, I was back in November. Now, I think I'm on record. I think Rick, Rick should have played Brandon. I mean, Adu I, I was not ready after having Mono, and he, he, he just couldn't, he, he could not play with his conditioning and being so far behind. I thought Rick should have played Brandon and lived with some some mistakes in November, but I'd tell you if anybody could, I mean I know you can't, but if anybody could come and watch practice, it'd be apparent in about five minutes why the neither one of those two kids aren't playing. I watched him play five on five up and down the court Monday afternoon uh, for 45, 50 minutes, and if either one of those two kids would have left the gym, you wouldn't have noticed. They're just not they're just not ready. I mean, both are very, very, very obviously talented and gifted and you know you they've got tons of skill tons of potential but they they just aren't ready right now is it a physicality thing more than anything else rob i think it's a mental thing okay more than anything else because brand i mean huntley hatfield has got the best body on the team yeah but that doesn't mean he plays physical i mean there's a lot no, of but guys I, but I, but I think body. it's but i think yeah. it's his mindset though. i got you. i mean he just doesn't he doesn't know how to use what he's got and doesn't i mean he's capable of it for sure. I mean, there's not anybody in this league that's going to push him around or, or bully him if he's if he's ready for it. And, you know, what, what I do, it's definitely you – know, the physicality part is definitely a part of it. But if if Huntley Hatfield had a more mature mindset, he could he could bring it and, and help you. But he's just – you know, he should be in high school. Rob's right. I mean, body's overrated. I mean, I've got the worst body at Volquest, and yet, you know, I dominate. I've, you do, you do. I've seen those French fries. I mean, just, hey, <laughs> I, I, I've seen those French fries get dominated. To, to answer the second question, nobody eats a basket of fries faster at McDonald's than you do. Go ahead. Bruce. <laughs> oh, in terms of coming back, who you who they would go after? 
no, I don't think you'll well, see Well, Danny that. White, who knows, man? He he goes outside the box. I mean, like, you know, he went outside the box when he, you know, again, though, he's he made hires at, you know, Buffalo, UCF, and then now, you know, the football hire here. Um, but who knows what he would want to do there? I mean, he grew up in a basketball conference. Um, you know, I everybody would clamor for Steve Forbes, and I think Forbes would do a phenomenal job here. Um, you know, what, what, it's kind of like if one of the guys on the Tennessee staff from last year ever wanted to come back, would Tennessee's administration look at it and ever let it happen? Would, would Tennessee's administration let Forbes come back? And I know he wasn't tied up and all that, but, I mean, you know, I mean – do, do you touch anybody off Bruce's staff, all jokes aside? I mean, I would, but that doesn't mean somebody in administration who, I, you know, they overthink things would. Well, I don't think I don't think Rick's got any plans to retire, but I, I think Steve, For, Steve Forbes is going to be the first name a lot of people talk about. I, sure. I don't think there's any I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, as for the Auburn and Alabama transfers, does it feel like at this point that that Tennessee's um, Got much involved there. I think Billingsley is the best player, the best talent that's leaving Alabama. I don't think anybody feels like he's mature enough to be a power five guy. He was in Nick Saban's doghouse all year long. Um, doesn't feel like Tennessee's in pursuit of anybody um, from those two guys, those two schools that are that are in the transfer portal right now. Again, more people could go in and we'll see. Because I think the one misnomer, Austin – and Rob about the transfer portal, the SEC rule that says you've got to be in the portal by February 1st in order to be able to go be eligible to play next year at an SEC school. That doesn't mean you have to be at a new SEC school by February 1st. You just have to be in the portal. You can go in the portal January 31st, finish your spring semester at the school you're transferring from, and then arrive at your new school in the summertime. So just because the drop ad deadline passes for Tennessee here in another week, you know, 10 days, something like that. That doesn't mean if a guy goes in the portal, you can't get him. That just means those guys aren't going to be midterm enrollees somewhere. They're going to finish out the spring semester wherever they're at, and then we'll transfer into their new school uh, in the summertime. But, but again, you've got to be in the portal by February 1st if you're going to go SEC to SEC. Uh, Nashville, 615, after watching Georgia and Alabama – I'm worried about the offensive line. I guess, I mean, I don't know why you would be any more worried about them after watching that game Monday night compared to seeing them up close and personal. Uh, next year's starting five on the offensive line. And will any of uh, these guys help make an impact? James Robinson, Willie Parker, Ock Perogane, Jackson Lampley. Why take a Brian Grant in the age of the transfer portal when he's going to take a minimum of three years to develop? Has Tennessee ever had any success with slender, uh, big potential offensive linemen? You, you you still need bodies, and so you, you still got to you still have to recruit high school kids. Like this whole notion that I mean, again, I, any college coach thinks they're going in there and take ten or fifteen guys from the transfer portal. That, that's just not realistic. Not year after year after year. Maybe in a, if you're in a you know uh, got to have it now. You know, like duly year three type thing. You go down that route, but you still got to recruit high school kids. And I think college coaches that don't are, are making a huge mistake. Um, as for guys that he named, Ock Perogane, I don't see him being here next year. Uh, Jackson Lampley, I think, can help you at guard some. Um, who's the other one he named? William Parker. Parker. Robinson. William Parker, I think, will help you at some point. Maybe, you know, is he ready next year? I don't know. We'll see. And, and James Robinson, I, I'm not sure he'll be here next year either. 
Yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens with those guys uh, after spring practice. Um, Zeval, there's been a significant amount of talk this past year about the lack of speed at the safety position. If I remember correctly, it was a weakness of Jalen McCullough that was discussed in recruiting articles and reports before he even arrived on campus. My question is, if a player likes foot speed, how is that? How is it that he's recruited in the first place to play in the secondary? I'm not trying to dig on Tennessee safeties more than necessary. I'm just trying to understand how coaches evaluate the safety position at the Power Five level when recruiting. It would seem to me that a lack of speed would be somewhat glaring from the start of the evaluation and would almost automatically disqualify a prospect from being added as a legitimate target uh, to the safety board. But I may be wrong. Just trying to understand in retrospect how Jeremy Pruitt evaluated UT's current safeties and how college coaches evaluate safeties in regards to speed. Look, I think more than anything is, is Jalen McCullough is capable of playing safety. Uh, he does get exposed at, at times. He's an intelligent player. Um, you know, TK was never a, a, the fleet of foot safety, but he was in super intelligent. So he was always in the right place. He always knew where to be. Um, you know, I think when, when, Pruitt took McCullough. It was more about leadership and his knowledge and, hey, let's go recruit past him. And he's a nice, you know, guy to, you know, have as, you know, someone coming off the bench in relief. Instead, he's now had to become a multi-year starter, and that's, you know, probably not what they had envisioned when they took him. Well, and, and when you're in a rebuilding deal, I mean, we've talked about it. Jeremy Pruitt came in out of the gate swinging for all the five stars and, and didn't get them. Uh, and, and then at that point, you're probably reaching a bit in recruiting because you've got to have bodies. So you're recruit, re, reaching on a guy. Maybe he's a little bit slow, but he's got – you think he's got really good instincts that can mask that. A guy like Trayvon Flowers may not have the best instincts because he's not played a lot of football, but you think, Rob, that he's a good enough athlete, he tracks the ball well in baseball, that you can make a safety out of him. Um, and, and sometimes when you're in dire need of bodies, that's when you end up taking – you know, wasn't it, taking a flyer wasn't, on it, somebody. wasn't it Tennessee or Clemson for Flowers? Yeah. Clemson not coming there late? Well, yeah, late in the game, yeah. I think they both had some spots and were willing to potentially take a flyer on him. Yep, and um, he obviously made a good decision because he's gotten on the field a lot at Tennessee, uh, more than he probably would have at Clemson. All right, Vol in the Mountains. Is, T is Tim Banks still in the running for the D.C. job at Notre Dame? And if we need better safety play, then why should I be excited about Flowers coming back? Um, I've not heard Tim Banks at Notre Dame. It doesn't seem like there's any traction to that. I know his name got mentioned out there, but it doesn't seem like there's anything going on there. Uh, Flowers is a guy who's played a lot of football. He's just got to play more instinctively. I, I don't, I don't know if that can happen or not, but but we'll see. We'll see what Tennessee safeties look like um, once they come out of spring practice and you get a chance to see Christian Charles and uh, kind of see where Tennessee's at with all of that with with, with those guys. Uh, with the recent wave of transfer portal entries from OU, Bama, and Georgia, the Vols going to pursue any of those? I think we've already addressed that. Curious as to what you think the preferred walk-on offered running back from Oak Ridge will do. Um, I, I'm not, I don't know. He's not a running back, though. I mean, I know he played running back in high school. He ran 300 yards. You know, he, he's a safety slash linebacker if you can put enough weight on him in college. Um, he's a walk-on. And, right. again, it has a nice body frame, but – you know, to me, he's got to really buy in. And, you know, if, if, he, if he bought in nearly as much as he's bought into the tweeting of his top three for a, a walk-on shot, then. 
All right. Do you think the Vols look at Army running back in the portal, Terrell Robinson? I don't think there's anything going on. No. There. Um, do you think the late spring semester start might actually benefit UT since so many ad drop uh, line, deadlines for other schools have passed? I think I just referenced that. Uh, a lot of kids are just going to set out and go through the spring semester at wherever they are and then enroll somewhere in, in June. I, I don't think a guy is going to say, I'm going to pass on the school I want to go to because I can't get there now. Uh, I think they'll just ride, they'll ride out where they're at and then go wherever they want to um, when the spring semester is over, uh, if, that if that school wants them, whose drop-ad deadline has already passed. Uh, Vol, since 1996, do you guys feel like we can get more pressure sacks next year on this team to win a game or two that we weren't supposed to win and accommodate for some of the DB play that we had? I think we talked about that as well. Depends on how James Pierce comes along. Where's Tyler Barron? What about Roman Harrison? What kind of inside pressure can they get with the loss of Matthew Butler? Uh, who can get some interior pressure? Can they get there without blitzing everybody? And do they become a better blitzing team, Rob? I mean, you know, you're going to have to blitz some, no question. Can they get home better with the blitz? Too many times their blitzes, their blitz stuff got picked up. I mean, Purdue, Purdue's coverage of Tennessee's blitz stuff was really good in the bowl game. And Tennessee's got to be a better blitzing team from a timing standpoint, hitting the right gaps, those types of things as well. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think Jeremy Banks is okay at it, but he's not, you know, I don't think he's, he's not special by any means. And I mean, I think, I, I think it's Tyler Barrett and, and Byron Young. I mean, I, I, I don't think Tyler's going to be close to reaching his potential. Like AP said, if he can pack on a little more weight and, you know, not, not lose a step, um, I think he's got to, I think he has a chance to, to really make a, make some strides. And, and I don't, I don't think Byron Young has come close to scratching the surface of what he could be. Uh, I know a huge factor in Lenny Whitehead coming to UT was that he was going to get to play running back with the added 22 guys plus UT being in on the transfer from Wake, who's now gone to, to South Carolina, so he didn't count there. Do you see Whitehead making a position change to linebacker? Do you think he would entertain the idea if it meant more playing time? Austin, for me, if he's going to play linebacker, he's got to be able to stay healthy. I mean, he, he – he didn't finish. I don't know that he finished many games that he played in this year because he got banged up. So uh, he would have to be a little more durable with all the contact you would take at linebacker. I don't know how interested he would be in making that position move. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I, I think he's been resistant to it for the most part. Um, but you're right. I mean, you just never know when a kid decides, hey, running back's probably not my spot, but I want to play. I'll play linebacker. Or I want to play running back. I'm going to go and play – at this place you know i just think that you know you just never know how a kid's going to react yeah and i would you know i wouldn't be shocked if that's something that's broached in spring practice um you know in, in terms of taking a look there if he's willing to do that uh uptown vol will know any update on the progress of the needland stadium renovations demo's been the, the biggest part and, and putting in some footers and doing things like that i will try to swing by and get some pictures this week of the big holes that's been created uh, but they're they're not started. They've not started the construction phase in terms of what it's going to look like. I mean, it's been demo, add some dirt in, get ready to pour some footers and, and things like that. So uh, it is early on in that process that's going to be, um, I'm sure, will be right up to the to, to August to, in terms of getting that done and, and getting that completed. Um, you know, which is why Tennessee is going to play their spring game somewhere else. Sam Adams, 80. In what ways would you like to see Tennessee's offense evolve in 22? 
I know they will always play with tempo, but do you see them slowing it down at times uh, in the second quarter because they struggled there this year? What would you like to see different out of this offense? Uh, Rob, what would you like to see this offense do different? Uh, I, I mean, I, I like the tempo person. I, mean, I think it's fun. I don't, I would not want to see them slow it down. I mean, I, and I don't think, I don't think Hypo would ever do that unless, you know, you're, you're just a run clock situation when you have the lead. I would like to see them be more physical up front. I mean, I think they were, they were a really good running team for the most part, but I think a lot of that was, I credit, I credit Hypo for, you know, the schemes and, and, and the way he was able you know, to, to free some things up. But when you, and this is, you know, everybody struggled against Alabama and Georgia, but I mean, I think that you really just saw a huge difference in, in Tennessee trying to match up with teams with that level of physicality. So, I mean, I, I don't know how – I'm not saying they're going to go toe-to-toe with those front sevens in, in 2022, but I, I would like to see the gap narrow in in terms of, you know, how they're able to match up when, when you go against that kind of physicality. Austin? You know, I don't know, Hubs. I mean, I I, I just think – Tennessee's, you know, got to be more physical. Um, that, that honestly is really tough for me to answer. Well, I'll give you a couple that jumps out to me. I think they have to be. I think they have to be better in the red zone. Sixty-seven uh, percent touchdown rate in the red zone is not enough. They've got to be better there and, and finish plays. Uh, they, I think their red zone package has got to be better in terms of what they do. I think they got to get short yardage, be able yeah. to get short yardage plays. They can be better in short yardage. I don't think sprinting, you know, I, I think that if you're going to go fast, you, you got to do a better job of getting lined up than what they what they did there. And the other thing for me is I think they can work the middle of the football field more in the, in the passing game. I, I think I think Hendon Hooker has proven he values the football, and, and I think you can – I know you're going to always be out wide and throw it deep, and that's not going to change. Which is what you felt like they should have done on that last drive yeah, at the end of regulation. I, I think the middle was open, and I, I would like to see them with a few more slants. I would like to see them, particularly with Jalen Hyatt, because I think he can stretch the middle of the field differently than Bayless Jones did. Vegas, Bayless is a wiggle guy. Throw him a slant, break a tackle, flip it out to him. I think Hyatt, long striding ability, he can get those deep crossers. You just got to throw more of those, and maybe they will uh, as if Jalen Hyatt emerges as their, their slot guy. All right, about out of time here. A couple guys want to know about uh, the transfer portal and if this staff is being too selective, uh, should they change kind of what they're – where they at? Are, are they too selective in the transfer portal, which is why they haven't gotten guys? I, I think it's a fine line. You don't want to just take bodies um, because you never know, like, how it can impact you, you know, APR, how it could affect you with team chemistry, how it could affect you in, in other areas. Um but you also don't want to be too picky where you're like, you know, to put you, you don't want to be the pretty girl that's so picky, she ends up 30 and five and single. You don't you don't want to be, you don't want to be, you know, you, you don't want to be, you know, too picky where you're sitting there with a bunch of spots and you're like, you know, I could have used that guy. He ended up going to this school and he made a you know a decent impact. He wasn't great, but he was better than what we got or would have added depth to what we have. So again, it's a fine line to walk. You know, I think to this point, Tennessee's done fine, but Tennessee needs to fill out some spots. You know, there's some running backs that went in the portal on Wednesday, kid from Stanford, Austin, uh, forget his last name, and then Noah Kane from, from you know, from uh, Penn State. Um, you know, I know Tennessee's at least watched Kane. 
And so, you know, we'll see, you know, if anybody else, you know, kind of pops up. Tennessee does have a chance with the guys that have popped in the last 24 to 48 to 72 hours, Brent, because of the late start, to potentially get some guys here this weekend and here for the start of class. We'll see. Yeah, and and I, I think that the, the defensive lineman from TCU could be a guy that Tennessee could potentially get on campus for. Yeah, Mathis is his last name. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if that happens. There's something that, you know, that might be a possibility. Uh, I think there's a little tie there somehow with an assistant coach. But um, it is a fine line. It's a fine line to walk on, uh, you know, from the standpoint of you need bodies, but you don't want to take a guy just to take a guy. He's got to be good enough to help you. I mean, you don't want Mondre London. No offense to Madre London, but that, that's one that cost you. You didn't need to take. Um, but but you also don't want to be sitting there going, well, we could have had that guy, but he we you know we were so selective, we we opted out on getting some guys that that could help us. So so we'll see. Um, last question is to Rob: Are we just not athletic enough to beat teams like Alabama and LSU? They seem to have length and athleticism at every position, and we don't seem to have that same kind of personnel. Uh, I disagree with that. Let's see what happens when, when those teams come to Knoxville. It's, I got a newsflash. It's hard to win on the road in college basketball. Pay attention for two weeks and see how many times ranked teams lose to unranked teams on the road. And Tennessee played at Alabama without Kennedy Channel, without Fulkerson, and they were ahead in the final minute. You know, they, they, they laid an egg at LSU where they shot what they missed 14 free throws and and just basically handed the ball and gave to LSU and gave them like four or five layups that would, would, tur- would just gross turnovers. So, no, yeah, I think Tennessee is athletic enough to, to beat those teams. Yeah, I mean, basketball is crazy. Um, I think Alabama is actually a better matchup because I don't think they're as good of a defensive team as or, or, is, you know. Is Scott Drew getting fired? Because he lost at home to Texas Tech. He lost at home to Texas Tech. Well, I think the bigger thing is, and and this is what I've tried to express to everybody: it's it's not about one game. You don't you don't you don't. It's about them. how they've been playing, like the Ole Miss game. It, it's it's, it, it's not that they lost on the road. It's it's a combination off, of all that. Well, their offensive efficiency is just not very good. They're not Terrible. very pretty to watch on offense, and I think that's the maddening part to everybody. And you're trying to figure out why they're not any more efficient offensively. Than, than what they are at this point, Rob. I think that's I'm the – I mean, I think I they can think play it, defense, but they have a hard time scoring the basketball. I mean, and I think a big part of it is as, as talented as he is, and he's probably the most talented kid that I've seen coming through here. Kennedy Chandler is a freshman. I mean, he's an 18-year-old, and you're putting the ball in his hands and asking, asking him to do a ton. Yeah, he's got to find – he's got to find – I don't want to say – and I don't know that he can find a mid-range game in mid-January at this point. Um, but you know, teams are going to throw, they're going to, they're going to throw it into the first row a lot of times at the rim until he shows somebody he's willing to, you know, pull up and, and, and drop a little 10 footer on you. And I'll tell you what, and and since, since league play has started and I thought, I mean, he handled it well at LSU because they were tough physical bunch, but people are really trying to body him up there. You know, he's a six foot, 175 pounds and, and teams are really challenging him physically. I mean, every night. I mean, that's that. If you if you watch, that's that's happening. And I'm not I'm not saying he's backing down. He's not, but he's, you know, six foot, 175 pound, 18 year old that is that is having to learn how to deal with that. Yep, and uh, we'll see how he handles it, how he improves, and if they can find some sort of offensive rhythm to get some easier buckets. It's just hard for this team to score 
which is the maddening thing for, for fans out there right now with where this team is. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the VolQuest.com Mailbag Podcast presented by Smoky Mountain Organics. For Rob Lewis and Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. You've been listening to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast every week right here on VolQuest. Thank you.